1: is up
2: <laughs> Here we, we, are. Go.
0: we are back after a uh, longer hiatus than usual yeah, a little holiday sabbatical now yeah. we're back it's been like three weeks and this uh most likely the last one of the year yeah uh, probably we enter 2022 pretty crazy
1: yeah what do we get was this episode seven
0: right seven done
2: it's pretty good yeah
1: something like that. Is that seven. like including
2: episode zero and
1: uh no technically not i think Technically, okay. I think this. Okay. Is, technically, I think this is the ninth or tenth one we've filmed, but some of them aren't out yet.
2: Sweet, yeah. Got to close out 2020 strong or 2021, I guess.
0: And that's uh, exactly why we have uh, our guest on today. Yep. Um, last but certainly not least, um, he is an El Presidente. He's a Denver slash Mexico native. Um, without further ado, Mister David Houston.
2: Yeah. You, good. Good. What was that? Thanks for having me on. Oh, you of can't course, hear of me? course. Yeah, yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah, no worries.
0: You were uh, very, very highly anticipated. Everybody very. would always ask, when's Daveed going to come on? So glad uh, glad we finally made it happen. Absolutely, yeah. Let's yeah. have a good time. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, kind of just per usual. I know a lot of people know your story, but it's kind of an interesting one. So why don't you just give us kind of your background growing up and kind of what led you to coming to Boise?
3: Absolutely, yeah. So um, for, you know, people that don't know, uh, I was born in Denver, Colorado, Westminster. Um, and that's kind of like where the story begins. Um, I lived there for about two and a half years. Don't have any memories or recollection about it, but, you know, I would have always loved to live there. Um, unfortunately, you know, when I was two and a half, dad American, mom Mexican, a couple things happened in the U.S., um, specifically 9-11. Um, that really kind of through my parents' house, and my mom just threw the idea out there, why not move to Mexico? So, you know, my dad at the time was kind of working side hustles. Can you move your mic up a little bit? Sorry. Oh, absolutely, yeah. My bad. But, yeah, my dad had a lot of side hustles, and he wasn't really happy where he was alive, so he just kind of said, screw it, let's go. So on October 31st, um two thousand one. Yeah, uh, I do. Well they they make a big deal out of it, you know.
2: You guys have like a yearly celebration?
3: Uh no, we don't. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's called uh, Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, but um, yeah, you know, just kinda like that threw him off and I guess the journey in Mexico started then, you know. Um kinda slow. Um, like I was saying, like when we first moved there, my dad didn't know any Spanish. So it was kinda hard for him to like get a um kind of used to it, you could say. And mm-hmm. same thing for me. Um, my mom tells me this. I, I don't remember anything of this, but I started speaking English when we were still living in Denver. And then once we moved to Mexico, I um, just yeah. didn't talk. Ugh. Really? I like, start over.
2: So you, your mom wasn't teaching you Spanish in Denver at all? Um, a little bit,
3: but like, just, you know, I guess me only being two. a baby, just yeah. listening everything in English, hearing everything in English, just kind of like I started um, learning English. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, just time kind of went by, and I wasn't speaking. My parents got nervous and whatnot, and they thought I was a stupid baby, you know? Like, (laughs) a baby doesn't talk, started talking, and then shuts up. And then my mom says, like, all of a sudden, just, like, a year later, I just started speaking both English and Spanish. Yeah, Yeah, because I know a lot
0: of parents, like, or if like, babies, like— three or whenever they don't talk like that can be a sign of like autism right Mm -hmm. yeah so they yeah they were probably pretty tripped out about that
3: oh yeah no they were they definitely were they told me
2: absorbing all the information until you got (laughs) both languages down i mean i guess so (laughs) yeah my
3: mom just said that one day i just kind of started speaking both english and spanish so that's didn't remember any of that but definitely grateful for it
2: yeah i feel like that'd be super hard as like a like i don't know how to put myself in those shoes but as a baby trying to hear two different languages like. Figuring out what's what and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: So, I mean, you know, that was pretty rough. You know, thank God it got through it and whatnot. And then um, elementary and middle school, you know, not really the best time of my life. You know, just kind of going through it. Um, it's different. It's really different from. What,
1: what age did you start school?
3: So, um, like four I started. I went to this kindergarten and then I moved to elementary, which was literally two blocks away from the kindergarten, called Newland. New land. Um, it was, like, the only school that taught, you know, really good English. So that's why my both my parents put me there. And, um, yeah, I just kind of grew up. And then I'd say when I was, like, 15 or 16, um, just moved to a new high school. And that's kind of, like, when I first started, like, thinking about college and where I was going to go and all that good stuff. And, um, Kind of like a weird story. I applied to like 20 colleges. Um, all, in, all
0: in America, right?
3: All in America, yeah. No, I knew that I did not want to go to college in Mexico just because it's really like high school, just like as an adult. Like every, every all, all my friends that I went to with high school, none of them left their hometown. They all still live where we went to high school. So you really don't get that experience of kind of like a bird kind of getting kicked out of the nest per se you know like all my friends are 22 23 and they still haven't let or lived by themselves still kind of live with their parents i wanted something different um i applied to a bunch of colleges and my favorite one was u of a top choice um i already had a roommate went through the process got like a big scholarship and whatnot so i was really excited and then um Like, three weeks before orientation, I get this email from the dean of students saying that my scholarship had been, like, revoked or something. Like, they messed up. So instead of giving me the highest scholarship, they gave me, like, one of the lowest ones. And, yeah, no, it's like, they never explained to me why. They said my GPA when they converted it they converted it, like, wrong the first time and they gave me, like, a bunch of scholarship money and then they're like, oh, like, we reworked it and, like, we fixed it, so now we're going to give you less. It's
1: kind of fucked. They, yeah. they shouldn't be able to do that. Like, give, like, promise all the scholarship Take away money, money from a... Like, yeah, yeah, let let someone go through the whole, like, you know, rings and, you know, the roommate process and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. they just yank it away from you. Like, that just doesn't seem, like, doesn't seem right.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I was pretty upset. I actually, that was, like, one of my first times where, like, I kind of, like, had to step up for myself or, like, speak for myself. I, I was in the, con- I was, I had a conversation with the dean of students of U of A. And I'm not even a student, right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
3: like um, barely 18. Yeah, barely yeah. 18. I was 17 still at the time. And, um just kind of like talk and turn like i just want an explanation more than anything because like you said ryan like i already had a roommate at a dorm like
1: i'd say that's like how close were you like to actually like, going like i like, was many, I, like weeks or days have you like were you about to move to arizona
3: yeah no, i was about to move um actually that day that i got the email um i was looking to buy the plane tickets for me my dad and my mom to go to orientation like it was that close yeah,
2: so you were already like declared to enroll there yeah I feel like they can't like rip that from you once you sign it's fucked. the like offer of what they give you.
3: I mean, I I really didn't understand the process very yeah. well, but you know, at the end of the day, things happen for a reason. So you know that didn't work out. Yeah. Um. And glad you're d- here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know that gave me another experience, and that's kind of like where these leads to. So like, after that, um, I didn't get to my top college. Um, all the deadlines for the other colleges were already passed, and I didn't accept like all the other colleges that I got into because that was my number one up choice. So something that, you know, it's kind of normal in Mexico that is not normal here. taking in a gap year between high school and college. Um, really popular around the world. Just kind of give you a breather in between high school and college Figure out who you are as a person, what do you want to do and whatnot. And, um, you know, thank God for my friends. Um, they were going to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and, that December, they offered me, hey, like, do you want to go? Like, we're thinking about doing this. Like, this older brother did it, whatnot. Like, it's a really cool experience. And, I mean, I just said, screw it. Like, I didn't have any other options, right? So, um, yeah, so I finished my year of high school, um, applied U of A, and then they yanked that from me. So I had a year where I didn't have anything to do. So decided to go to Canada, um, British Columbia. Probably one of the best experiences of my life, honestly. Um, just because, like, I was living by myself with four friends, just turned 18 in, you know, a big city in another country.
2: Yeah, you know? that sounds awesome. I've never been uh, there, but yeah. it sounds awesome there.
3: Oh, no, it, it was pretty cool. Do, I mean, you, uh,
1: do you still talk to any of those boys that, like, you went to Canada with?
3: Like my, like, you, like my roommates or the people yeah, that I met there?
1: Uh, the, I guess both.
3: Um, yeah, my roommates, I'd say, like, with half of them, uh, I'm still pretty close. The other half, not really, just because... I don't know. Some shit went down while <laughs> <Sure. laughs> well, we were there and whatnot. And then people that I met there, um, my foreman and all my bosses, I still talk to once every couple of weeks. Um, nothing serious. You're Just, still getting yeah. paid, right? <laughs> no, no, not not anymore. I used to, but
2: <laughs> what? How did you get paid still?
3: Um, so basically, like when I first got there, um, it's literally like a room, like. The apartment was probably, like, four times this room, and it was five us living in it. Uh, it's a one-bedroom one, one bedroom studio, so the kitchen, living room, and um, the room were, like, almost pretty much in one room. Damn. It was pretty pretty messed up, <laughs> pre- pre- pretty tight in that little um, apartment. But, um, no, I, I got there, and I didn't have a job. I didn't know anybody other than my friends. I didn't know the city. It was just kind of, like, starting from square one, and, you know, I had a certain... Out of budget you know startup and if that money ran out and i couldn't make money out i'd leave right so um i just kind of threw myself out there in the water um printed out like my resume and whatnot and just went around town like the first two three days just giving it to restaurants um construction sites just pretty much anywhere that you know i thought they would hire someone like me Mm -hmm. um and then finally after a week i got a construction job and i was like the bottom Bottom. Oh, so you didn't
0: hierarchy. already have a job lined up when you moved up no, there? No. Oh, yeah, I didn't know no. that. I okay. thought you. I thought you were
1: going up there like, for like a summer or like internship yeah. or like work or something. No, like
3: that. no, no. I went there just, just fully blind. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And um, the apartment that we got, it was actually really lucky because one of my roommates, his older brother, was like staying there, and he just like passed it off to us, like the the Flesh. lease. Damn. So I didn't even have to like find anything to just kind of find a place. It was just already there. So that was pretty nice, but. Yeah, I mean, construction, I liked it a lot. Um, Like I said, I started in the bottom, just pretty much just kind of cleaning the site. um, Garbage man, um, to-do man, I would go get the Gatorades, the coffee, the donuts when it was cold and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, and then um, I just kind of started building this relationship with my foreman. um, Super cool guy. um, What was his name? Phantom, that was his name. Yeah, (laughs) weird ass name. His real name? Phantom. That's his real name. Yeah, kind of weird, but um, I love the guy to death. He treated me very well, um, and then all of a sudden, like, as a relationship got, you know, stronger and stronger, he kind of learned a little bit about me and knew that I was from Mexico and knew that I had friends here and, you know, kind of learned the process and why we were here. He really liked um, the work ethic that we had, me and my friends, so after a month into the job, he just kind of was like, hey, like, Many more Mexican friends do you have that want to work? And I was like, I don't know, maybe like two or three? Like, why? He's like, bring them over. Like, we need a couple more people. And I was like, all right. So bring them over, work, do a pretty good job. A couple days go by. He's like, how many more you got? I was like, I don't know, maybe like two or three more they can find. He's like, all right, bring them, bring them next time. Bring them next time. And then um, the next thing I knew, I was like handling like 50 people. Right. So um, that was pretty. Their boss? Yeah. I was their boss. I was kind of like the, spanish foreman if okay. that makes sense okay. like for all the all the people that speak, spoke spanish i was kind of like their foreman just because like, i know english and spanish mm. kind of just made it easier for the foreman because it'd be so funny at the beginning of um like when i didn't have like any responsibilities or anything i was just kind of there to do my job um he would just like yell to them and like they had no clue what to do so <laughs> i just kind of had to be the mediator between all that that's funny. and then a translator, um, that's funny like a translator <laughs> yeah. exactly so as time went by, um, he just put more responsibility in me. And I liked it, honestly, just because um, I was making a little bit more money on the side doing that. And I don't know, just kind of managing people. It was it was, it was fun. You know, I kind of felt like I was sitting in the bottom of the hierarchy. I kind of had some respect on me. And, yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of blew up. Um, and then I made enough money during that time where when I finally got out, um, I had my grandparents that live here. They were like, have you thought about going to Boise State? I was like, no, not really, you know. I've come here for the summers, and I liked it, but I never thought about coming here for college. And I applied May 15, like one thirty, like an hour and a half before the <sighs> deadline, um, and I got in. <laughs> and once I got in, it was kind of, I don't know, I was really happy for myself. You know, this time it didn't get yanked away. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, I felt like this was the right choice after that. And now I've been here for four years.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, before we kind of dive into college and stuff, mm-hmm. what was like the biggest difference between Mexico and the U.S. or even Canada that you've kind of experienced in your life? Mm,
3: like in what sense? Because there is so many I can go into. Yeah,
0: I just I, I guess just like the culture and just like the atmosphere of like how you grew up, like in high school in Mexico versus like your you know year in Canada and your mm. year in America. Just like what's the biggest differences you noticed living in three different countries?
3: Okay, so um, in Mexico, like the culture is really like family oriented. Um, so it's a lot about like families staying there. Like, like I was saying, like none of my friends have left their hometown. Like, um, most of the families in Mexico like stayed together and they don't leave the like where they were born. Um, and that's why they're so big all the time. So
0: like, a lot more family oriented down there. Oh yeah.
3: hundred percent. Like, I, um, my biggest like family reunion was probably like, I want to say around like a hundred people. You know, my grandma has 11 siblings. My grandpa had four siblings And then they all have their kids and their kids. So it gets pretty crazy, pretty wild. Um, I like that part about Mexico a lot. Um, And then it's, it's just like Mexico being a third world country, a lot of people don't like think about it, but it's more rough than here in the United States. Here in the United States is not that people don't have problems, but the problems that people have here or not as important as it was in Mexico I want to say and the reason why I say that is because like in Mexico like 80% of the population's like poor right so you know their worries are like where am i going to eat today or where am i going to sleep today or
0: <laughs> a lot more life or death vibe down there
3: i mean i would say so but not not to extreme point right. like somewhere in the middle east or yeah. you know other parts of the world but yeah i just say that In Mexico, like, it's more about living in the moment and the relationships more than the material stuff. Um, And then in Canada, uh, honestly, Canada and the U.S., like, they're pretty much the same thing when it comes culture-wise. I'd say they're, like, long-distance cousins, per se. Like, a lot of similarities. (laughs) Some differences, um, mostly with, like, the food, I'd say more than anything
0: and the healthcare system and <laughs> oh, the healthcare
3: system and all that and you know vancouver is also a really really diverse um city you know i think right now it's like around
1: wasn't an area of canada that they uh don't they speak french
3: yeah um i think it's quebec
1: it's like a, it's
0: eastern, it's canada. eastern yeah. canada right
3: yeah it's eastern canada i think it's quebec and um i can't i can't remember the other district but yeah there's a couple places where they speak french but not and in Vancouver, like I said, like, it's really diverse. So not only do they speak French, but they speak, like, Chinese, Mandarin. or Same thing, I guess. Um, but, no, there's a lot of, um, like, Asian people, Muslims, um, a lot of Mexicans as well. Um, it it kind of gets lost. Like, sometimes, like, I was walking down the street and I'm like, wow, like, am I in Canada or am I, like, in China or Hong Kong? You know, just because, like, there were so many Asians. And a lot of people don't know this, but um, I think like in the 1990s when China took control of Hong Kong again, or something like that, Canada started selling um, citizenships, like, for $10,000. So, a lot of people from Hong Kong that were, you know, had net money, moved to Vancouver. It's literally the closest city from Hong Kong. Jump ship. Jump ship, and get a Canadian citizenship, and, you know, not, leave, not live in Hong Kong anymore. So, I just thought that was a cool, fun fact about it. Yeah,
2: that's pretty sweet.
3: Um, But, yeah, I mean, other than that, like... Culture-wise, I'd say uh, the women were a little bit different for sure, too. Like, well way. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: I believe you used the word prude in the past when <laughs> explaining them.
3: I mean, I wouldn't say prude, but just a little bit more hesitant. Um, in Mexico, you know, when you're talking to a girl, it's like you need to talk to her like she's your grandma, right? Like there's no way that you're going to get – you know, a deep connection with them. And I really don't know why. Maybe they're just reserved. Not saying that everybody's like this, but definitely the majority of the people. And then when I first came here to the United States, like, you know, I knew what the boys were, right? The boys are just someone you can kick it with, have fun. And, you know, the girls, I just thought it was going to be like the same thing. Like, yeah, like, I'll talk to them, whatever, but I'll probably not be friends with them. And then when I got here, it was just like a totally different vibe.
2: Like really, I did not think about that at all.
3: Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's weird to like think
2: about just because um, I, I don't I know. I thought it'd be the opposite. I don't know why, but I thought it, it was kind of the opposite. I feel like <laughs> it's like I feel like I've experienced like some like Mexican guys like be more sexually like uh, aggressive than like girls. So it's like you think the girls are maybe the same, but then they're not. So it's kind of like, oh, that's that's a, a kind of out of the ballpark. It's weird.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely weird. And um, why that is, I mean, I, I would have to say that it's just like.
2: It's like a culture thing. Yeah, yeah. no,
3: it definitely is. Like in the 1990s, like the macho kind of came in in Mexico. And like that was a big thing. And women just kind of like took a step back, I guess, because of that. I mean, not saying that I like it or anything, but it's definitely different. <laughs>
0: Uh, um okay so <clears throat> now you're you're senior ish at b s u been here four years, mm-hmm. just like the rest of us um I know we've talked about it a lot, but you know just how how has college been these last four years? you know it's coming to an end. I talk about it all the time. it's pretty sad um just like if you could just sum up college and your experiences, like how would you describe it?
3: amazing, <laughs> like <laughs> Um, I honestly, like, I, I look at my story, you know, from beginning to end and there's been a lot of highs and lows and, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything. And I think that's what college is about, you know, all the highs and all the lows just because, um, I don't know. It was just a great time. Like I, I, all I knew before college was literally like project X, blue mountain state (laughs) neighbors, you know? Like, so when I first got here, like, I remember... Your expectations um, were high. <laughs> my expectations were high. But, you know, when I first got here, like, again, like, not knowing anybody, um, it was kind of hard for me the first couple of weeks. Um, I lived out on the farm. Didn't live in the dorm, so... Um, Where
1: is the farm for the people who don't know? The
3: farm's in Eagle, Idaho. It's about a 30-minute drive. Um, probably 40 minutes now with traffic and From whatnot. school? hmm So um, it was really hard for me at the beginning just to kind of, like establish myself or, like, make a foundation, I guess. Um, just because, like, everybody else was living in the dorms, right? So, like, everybody at night when they finished their homework and whatnot, they would just knock, you know, six feet away in a door and they would hang out with someone they're the same age. And for me, I was like, I right, like, I finished homework. Like I need to drive back home <laughs> 30 minutes away. And then I would finish my homework and I, I would have nothing to do. So um, when Rush Week started, I was really excited about it. Um, Rush stole the fraternities, literally – they didn't know what a fraternity was and, um, just kind of like stumbled antique, like the vibe, like the guys. And I'd say now that I'm in it, it's probably one of the best decisions in my life.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, um, I mean, you remember when, what, meet the chapters when you're all in the big group waiting for the, um, to break up into the small groups, go to all the different fraternities. Yep. We actually sat next to each other mm-hmm. and talked for a minute, um, and then, like, fast forward a year later, we're in the same fraternity living together. It's pretty crazy. But, um, I mean, all of us, we've all changed, like, a lot since our freshman year. Um, but I feel like you specifically have, have really changed a lot. Like, there's a lot that's still similar, but I, I don't know if I'd call it gro- – I mean, we've all grown, but it's, like, I don't know how to – you were just, like, a, so different. Like, you know, um, what do you think, like, the biggest changes you have made in college?
3: Well, I mean, again, I, I think that – me like at the beginning like and and correct me if i'm wrong but like you were talking about me like kind of like being behind the scene not behind the scenes but kind of like being in the background pledging semester more than anything um it's kind of like a cultural thing you know like in in mexico like you need to earn your stripes before you can like say something or how or your word means something Mm -hmm. so i mean that's all i focus my pledging semester like i just kind of like they didn't want to mess up. I just kind of like wanted to be that golden boy and not show a lot of, of me, just kind of like prove myself. And then once I did that, then it was game over for everybody else. Like you better be ready for me or not, but I'm a, I'm going gonna be here. I'm gonna be myself and take to leave it. Kind of yeah. type of deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, like you said, freshman year, you didn't live in the dorms. So you were 30 minutes away, mm-hmm. kind of secluded. And then the last you know, sophomore and junior year, you lived like the two main houses where everybody yeah. would come to, mm-hmm. and then now you you're not as far as ego obviously, but you're about I don't know maybe ten minutes away, so mm-hmm. you are more out of it. What's like the biggest like difference between living far away and living in like the main house? <laughs>
3: oh my god, it, yeah, it's the, funny. The whole world, the whole <laughs> world is different. Like literally, like um, you probably even need, like your schedule. Yeah. Oh, a hundred
0: percent. Routine, like everything. Oh, everything.
3: Yeah. No, like um, when I lived far away, like I was. a pretty solid routine like nothing would go off script you know like (laughs) i would wake up at this time make class at this time go to the library at this time eat lunch whatever maybe see you some of the guys and then um just kind of go home and do my own thing right and then over there like no one's gonna be storming into my house or anything like (laughs) that wanting to drink or whatever uh,
1: when that was the case did you ever like crash at anyone's like dorm ever oh yeah is that ever a thing oh yeah
3: all the time i crashed in dangerous place a couple times uh baby's place as well um shout out Bibby. yeah shout out Bibby. no uh every time i would go out uh i would always have like three or four places where i could crash if i started drinking just because i knew that as soon as the party started i could lose one or two of my bets so i always had to have <laughs> option That's a b c d <laughs> <laughs> ready to go
0: yeah um but yeah I mean, yeah, your college experience is pretty crazy. You've been, like, you know, you go from one extreme to the other and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of what turned you part of the reason, like, who you are right now. It's, like, the leader you are. Um, and, you know, the last two years, you obviously held two really big positions. You were Fletch educator, and then you were president. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about, like, those experiences and uh, just what do you think it takes to actually be, like, a strong leader, not just, like, in Greek life, but just in life. general, Yeah.
3: Um... I mean, I, I think since I was a pledge, I was always drawn into the hegemon, pledge educator position, just because, um, I don't know, I I, I, I like helping people. Um, I think that I have had a lot of life experiences that a lot of people haven't had, and that gives me some knowledge in some areas, you could say. Um, so, I mean, yeah as soon as I had a chance to run for the position of being the pledge educator, I kind of just took it and ran, ran with it. Um, and it was, it was the best time of my life. Like I, I honestly, like I look back in it and now that presidency is all over, I definitely had more fun um, being the pledge educator just because like you're here you're interact. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, in my opinion, like that's how it has to be, you know, just because like when you're the pledge educator, like you're all with, you're with all the freshmen and that's like the first time in college. And they don't know anything about it. And you can be kind of like the older brother who kind of like tells them like all the tips and tricks how to like benefit or maximize their time as a freshman or as a pledge in in college and a fraternity. Like live it
1: to the fullest yeah. for sure. Exactly. You're like a really big advocate of like, you know, do everything, try everything. I remember like, you know, whether you don't like it or like, you know, at least try it.
3: Exactly. I mean, and that's what it comes out to. Like, you never know if you're going to like something until you try it. So... Never know. Went with it, liked it, um, did it. And then the next thing you know, um, presidency was up for grabs. And not saying that I damn wanted, because I definitely did, um, but I knew the work that it was going to take, right? Like, I knew that um, things had to change, especially, like, with me. Like, how do I present myself? Just because if I'm going to put my name... On something, I want it to be the best possible outcome. I guess you want to say, yeah, or, 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 or product,
2: yeah, or, representation of yourself, representation
3: of myself. So, um, as soon as I become president, I just kind of took that role of leading by example more than anything, and I think that's something really important. Like for everybody that wants to be a leader, um, you need to lead by example, mm-hmm. just because. If I see my boss, you know, ask me to do something and he's never done it or he's not willing to do it, why why would I do it, mm-hmm. right? So, um, well, being, you know, those leadership positions, I think that's what I pride myself the most, that I was always there in every single event that I asked um, the new members to be in. And when I was president, I was also there in most of the events that I asked the members to be in there. And the reason why I did that, again, leading by example, that way... You know, they they knew that I cared. They knew that I'm not going to tell them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And I yeah. think once they have someone to, like, look up to and kind of be like, okay, like, if he can do it, I can do it too. Or if he's doing it, I should be doing it too. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, my mentality when it comes to being a leader, I guess.
2: Yeah. I, d- I feel like I definitely noticed a big change in, like, your whole demeanor, like, when you became the president, just, like, on how you, like, thought things out and just— Took actions on things. You definitely thought stuff <laughs> out a lot more and were more conscious about your actions. I was pretty impressed. I was like, that's a pretty quick change. Like, yeah. I don't know.
0: You definitely got like more serious. Not in like yeah. a bad or like yeah extreme way, but I just like, you know, freshman, sophomore year, you like laughed at everything and like <laughs> drank a lot more for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then you kinda you took the reins over and, you know, you kinda like reeled it reeled it in a little bit for sure yeah
3: well i mean i feel like i had to just because um you know being in a fraternity like like i was saying like being living in the two main houses like not like the farm things things go off script when you're in a (laughs) fraternity and more when you're in the main house so i just kind of had to learn how to like adjust Adjust. on the fly kind of adapt adapt
1: yes i'd say you did a pretty good job with that Mm. Now that's over, I can talk shit. <laughs> all the shit you did. I mean, it,
3: it's fine with me. I know, I know, I could have done a couple of things better.
2: Um, we all uh, you could have though.
1: It's pretty crazy. That. I didn't even realize there's literally a triangle of people who ran for
2: president. Yeah. yeah. Danger. Yep. Shit, I'm left out. <laughs> star, Ross. You Ross. Right, uh, I'm not. Too, I'm not involved enough. Yeah.
0: Would you be able to compare how it was living at Sunny and and Courtyard, or is it kind of is it pretty similar? Like
3: between those two? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was definitely different like um i'd say starting like with the people that live there um i mean you you were my saving grace for sunny like (laughs) i I was literally ready for farm 2.0 sophomore year and then i got a text message from you like hey like me at DSMBB got this house like you went in like let me know today literally went to my bank account made sure i have enough money and i was like all right i'm in like 30 minutes later you
0: texted like instantly too because i remember i texted like you and a couple other guys. Cause you know, we, we were in desperation mode yeah. too. And then you responded right away. And luckily the other two said no anyways, but it was like,
1: Oh, I say, what would you have done? If it it's if like, yeah, I'm down. You're like, Oh, oh shit. I had to give it up my room. Yeah.
0: Sorry. David responded first.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad everything worked that way. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just like Sonny was just so the vibe. Right? Like it was sophomore year, like
1: was a vibe there. Yeah. It was a different vibe than courtyard for sure. Oh a hundred
3: percent. And like just because like the space and the people, I think the people made Sunny what it was, really. You know, just mostly like our plush class, like we had the the uh, second bottom top and bottom. Yeah. yeah. All the twin fall boys had the bottom. So I mean, there were a bunch of fun just having right there, kinda like a different house, but not really mm. really
2: wasn't treehouse like the one right over? Yes. Like then they yeah. moved in right over there too. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. I never really saw them though when they
0: Yeah, lived I mean there. they were all seniors and like a lot of them graduated like in the fall. Mm-hmm. So they were graduated like that spring, but Yeah. Um, and they all had girlfriends, so Yeah, they yeah, they weren't coming over to our side to drink <laughs> twisted tea on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, uh, yeah, I was going to say that our unit upstairs like the floor mm-hmm. pretty random. I mean, cuz I knew all you guys like f- pretty well, mm-hmm. but it was like Diaz and Bibby—they were like kind of the older guys who kind of got close during pledging, and then just you know my dumbass. And then you were the guy like everyone knew who you were and stuff, but you like you weren't super close. I feel like with a lot of people because you lived so far away, I'd there agree. was kind of a disconnect. Mm-hmm. So when I told them, I'm like, "Oh, DeVito are fourth They're like, "This is gonna be really fucking interesting." I'm like who? Yeah, like such a the random group of guys moving in together. And then I mean, it obviously you know there's like chemistry in that house. You know, worked really well.
3: I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Like literally, like um, I'd say, like we were probably like, the biggest group of misfits. Like yeah. literally, <laughs> like 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 you were saying, like you read out the house and you're like, what the fuck? You're yeah. like, imagine how like
0: th- now just comprehending that. Like, <laughs> I know, like, like I know. He's graduated, Diaz. It's about to graduate. You know, lives off the bench. You live far away now, and I'm you know just off Longmont. It's just like. We're all so different and like in different worlds, right? No, now. we
3: are. But I think I honestly think that Sunny was kinda like a That
0: was a turning point. It was a turning half.
3: point. But I'd say it was like the timing was just right. Yeah. Like I didn't I I don't think it mattered like oh, us as a unit or as a apartment or four roommates, you wanna call it. I think we were just all down. Or we were all there for the same reasons. Like, we knew what that house was going to be about. We all about. wanted
0: that experience of living at, like, one of the main houses. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And I think that's what brought us close. And I think that's why the house worked. You know, of course, things went sideways a couple times. Yeah. But, I mean, it wouldn't be a good story without some problems. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Sunny was just amazing. You know, just kind of, like, having the big um concrete backyard and then the front yard the little patch of grass and a couple dye tables yeah um did
2: i walk by that every day it's just dirt now yep. yeah it's yep. all dead we killed it So <laughs> thank them yeah they parked their trucks on it now too it's like basically an extended parking lot yeah. for them
3: yeah i don't like that it's it's not my sunny i don't yeah. know what that
2: yeah. is it's yeah it's, it's pain changed it's, yeah
3: um but yeah no i mean just to kind of like bring it all back together i'd say sunny was more like a smaller, more connected house. You know, it just kind of forced you to yeah. be like connected. You know, like there was literally four rooms, they're all in each corner, they all have their own door and then the rest is just open space. Like there there's nowhere else you can I was go. gonna
0: say like for me the biggest difference between kind of living like on the other side of Broadway with just two guys versus living right off Lincoln with four was just like there you know, none of us just hung out in our rooms for the most part. It was like we woke up and like our whole day was spent out in the living room. And, you know, and then now, like, all of us kind of do our own thing. Like, it's not a lot of times where, like, all three of us are just sitting there, like, the whole day, like, how it used to be at at Sunny.
3: Mm -hmm. I remember, I think, I think my favorite memories at Sunny were, like, um... Friday and Saturday morning or Sunday morning as yeah. well. And we were all just hangover and we <laughs> put we're just the pieces together. <laughs> yes. We we're just all trying to put the piece together. And then the stories that we hear and, you know, me saying like, Oh, I don't remember fucking doing that. <laughs> yeah. Or Where did, did you end you? up? Exactly. You know, like. you know, like I think that was probably like the best part. Um, and that's what made, that's what made Sunny special. Um, and then Coyard on the other hand, like Coyard was fun. Don't get me wrong, but in Coyard, there wasn't that connection. I feel like, like from right off right off the bat. Well the squad
0: yeah. there was even more random than it, ours. It
3: was, yeah. I in that one I had to set up the squad and I I went through like ten people. Like I had like five different house configurations and I was like the only roommate that didn't like move. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure like ten people I had like ten people sign up in Courtyard before like the final four accepted. So um Which yeah. uh,
1: what what house had more foot traffic through it, do you think?
3: Like fraternity-wise or just fraternity-wise,
1: like yeah, like what what do you think was more action-packed, if that makes sense?
3: I think they both were action-packed. I mean, I, I would have to say Courtyard, just because Sunny experienced um, the last part of COVID. It's true. So, but I mean, that was it's blessing on its God, own. Imagine
1: what Sunny would have been without COVID.
3: Oh, it would have been Cause wild. Because
1: like, I think one of my last Snapchat memories, like pre-COVID, was. Uh, Webby playing, Webby playing die in a suit before. I think it was like AZD's formal. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was going with Roz. And it was like, uh, me and Matias had this joke. Like we we're going to make like Corona com as yep, like a joke. I remember and it was Webby. Like was the poster boy for it in a suit. And it was like literally like March like 12th or something like that. And we got sent home the next week. Mm-hmm. So it was a week of the Tique dance. Yep. Well, but also, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I think courtyard, I mean, it, it was like, I think it had more foot traffic cause it was more of a party house because mm-hmm. it was bigger. I mean, Sunny was kind of an apartment, and we had that really, you know, grouchy neighbor where we couldn't really do anything. Yep. Um, I think Sunny, like, we threw a couple like big things there, but it was mostly just like kind of the guys we hang out with a lot, a lot of the time. Mm. And then I feel like Courtyard was like actually a party house. So. Yeah.
3: No, I agree. I mean, I, I think Sunny was more like if the house knows you pretty well, more than welcome to come. If you're a random, stay off Clear. You know, like we definitely <laughs> yeah. like. I remember there was a couple times where people walked into Sunny and. Whoa. they used to live there and we got in a couple fender benders, a couple, <laughs> not fights, but,
1: damn near.
0: Damn near. Like you scuffle. could say that. You, the fact that you, you used to live here does not give you clearance to walk <laughs> in. Yeah, walk
1: exactly. In. No, Imagine like one of us like walking in or like yeah. one of you two walking in now. She's
2: like, hey, I'm here to play die. I, I can't imagine. So those guys would throw hands. Immediately. Oh, they it, would. They didn't yeah. seem very nice over there. Yeah. No,
3: but yeah, I think that's what made Sunny special. And then Coryard like Courtyard, didn't experience the rough part of COVID, it said, because we were still like, supposed to like wear masks and social distance and not have big groups and whatever um yeah courtyard was definitely more like the party house like everybody's welcome no matter if we know you well enough or not um and i'd say courtyard was more like the fun and then sunny was more like the connections so i don't know if it makes sense that makes
2: sense i feel like People have more confidence just walking into a house like than they do just walking into a random apartment. Mm-hmm. It's a house yeah. like you're just on the street still. You just yeah. walk outside. Otherwise, you got to walk down some flights of stairs, and then you're like shameful all the way down. It's like oh, okay. Well, I
0: mean, plus it, at courtyard you had like the hegemon living there. You had two pledges living there. Yep. And then you had you know Zeke who mm-hmm. was just initiated, um, and then you had someone who wasn't even in the fraternity living uh, there.
3: I dropped them like this semester before.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think that made it way more like welcoming in a sense that it was more like diverse yeah and it was like okay it's not like almost like a clique or it's not like a set group of friends that i don't know that well Mm -hmm. it's like they're all there's you know five of them who like are all so different and like come from different parts and stuff that i I think that gave it a more welcoming vibe for sure
3: oh it definitely did and i'd say like as a house it took us a little bit i'd say it took us a whole summer to actually like get meshed, if it makes
2: sense, Mm -hmm. you know, have it as your own group as opposed to like everyone having their own side group kind of thing. Yeah,
3: exactly. No, I remember perfectly um, when I called or texted Jake McBroom and he said, yes, I was excited, but at the same time, kind of like, I'm pretty sure you thought the same thing. I was like, I do not know this guy. Yeah.
0: You know, like, (laughs) yeah, I remember thinking like, I didn't know him that well. And you were like, yeah, so Matt Strecker and Jake McBroom are like moving in. And I was like. David, why the fuck are you gonna live with two pledges? Like when you're <laughs> a pledge educator. I mean, they turned out like to be two of my closest friends now. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was like, I think you're what making a you h- doing? you're making a huge mistake here. Yeah.
3: I mean, you know me. I like putting money on myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, It just kinda worked out at the end of the day. And that's something that like I've been like grateful about because like literally like in my opinion, every time you're a roommate with someone for a year. Um, you can actually, you actually have a chance if you both work on it to like create a genuine friendship or relationship. And, um,
0: I think it goes North or South. <laughs> you
3: could say that. Um, but yeah, every single year I've, di- I've lived with different people and that's something that I kind of like just because every year, like I make connections with people that I would never made before. Like me and McBroom, like we're super close right now, but like there's no chance in hell that we would be best friends if we didn't live together. And you know, now I'm living with some other people and you know, I'm building a relationship with them and I'm grateful for those relationships as well. So yeah.
0: Nice. Um
1: oh, yeah. there's uh there's a question in the chat real quick. It just came in from Cooper. Speaking of roommates. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said uh when did David bet on himself the most? Hmm. Or like well, maybe what was like the biggest bet you put on
2: yourself? Or like
0: the biggest leap of faith maybe you've yeah. taken.
2: I w- moving up to canada with no plan. i would I would, ab- I would probably say canada
3: like canada like i don't know just going out there not knowing anybody and like everything is kind of working out perfectly yeah. you know like Literally. that you was kind of like to find
2: a job fast and not have to go home exactly
3: like yeah. um think
2: about where you'd be if you didn't go to canada
3: i'd probably still be in mexico like Damn. being honest like I, there's no way i could have like gone here without having that Canada experience and there's no chance I am who I am without that Canada experience so yeah I'd say going to Canada for sure was my biggest leap of faith and the thing is like now that I think about it like there's so many things that could have gone wrong like so many things like there was a couple times where like I had close encounters with the cops and I thought my ass was gonna get deported you know like (laughs) and um or like in the subway or train station like me losing my pass and me getting like checked up for my papers and whatnot like even in the construction side there was a couple of times where like not really but like I could have gone like really injured but nothing did so I'd say that I'm a cat down to my last life thanks to Canada <laughs> I was
0: gonna say you've told me a couple of stories about stuff where like you should have gone seriously hurt like I just remember you coming back from um when you were working at the farm over the summer for your grandparents mm-hmm. at Sunny and you show off. I'm like, how's it going? You're just like, bro, fuck this day. And I was like, what happened? You're like up on a ladder doing something, and you fell. Like, what was it, 14 feet onto like a saw?
3: Yeah, it was like 10 feet. I was cutting. I was cutting like a tree or like a branch because it was sticking out in the road, and I couldn't reach it. So I just kind of like dangled like in one foot, and I finally got it. And then the branch like took out the <laughs> the ladder, the and ladder. I just <laughs> fell. And thank God that the saw landed flat on my stomach. Oh, but yeah, no, yeah. I like. I mean, I remember. I just kind of blacked down. Then the next thing I know I was like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm alive, so we're good.
2: Damn. I don't Is think I've
1: ever done? seen you, like, get, like, hurt, though.
3: No. Like, uh, I,
1: I feel like you're one of those people, like, maybe you have shit happen. it be literally, I don't think I've ever seen you, like, even eat shit. Like, I don't think I've seen you, like, you know, fall or, like... Like when we went sledding, remember when we went sledding? We're very really? stable, yeah, sturdy, uh,
0: yeah, sturdy, I, 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 <laughs> sturdy motherfucker.
3: I'm I'm sturdy till I'm not. That's the thing. Like,
0: <laughs> I've
2: seen you fall snowboarding, but that's a whole different story.
0: Oh I mean, I've seen that's you stumble while you're intoxicated. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that counts. Yeah, <laughs> I think no.
3: we've all been there. <laughs> but no, um, I, I've been gone injured. Like I'm pretty good at like putting myself in good situations, but when I definitely get injured, they're literally like the stupidest things ever. Like. But, I mean, I think it it was just my time to get injured at that point, like <laughs> I've just been swimming for too long, I guess' yeah, it's been dodging bullets exactly,
0: <laughs> um, kind of segue a little bit. I was talking to you before the before we started that um while we like would you know talk a lot and stuff at sunny and whatnot. One big thing like I feel like the last year you've really been big on is like mm. conspiracy theories. Like, oh yeah. Kind of like the state of not just the country but where the world's at. Mm. Um so I was just uh curious if you had any uh interesting conspiracy theories or anything like that that you've kind of been currently working on yeah working on right. wow. I'd say <laughs> like research.
2: Investigating
3: yeah, investigating I like what that. What Joe word? Rogan told you recently? Until? Wow that hurt me dude. Joe Rogan's only my God not kidding.
1: <laughs> hey, Joe Rogan's behind me right here on this <laughs> frame
3: oh i see it yeah i like that quote sounds, um if you ever
1: start taking things too seriously just remember that we are talking monkeys on an organic spaceship flying to the universe that sounds like something david would say
3: <laughs> probably <laughs> um but no conspiracy theories like I, people like to call them that i don't like calling them that um i'd say like when i first got into it even though you know i like it a lot right now and i do my research and whatnot um was canada and the reason why was because I remember there was, like, a story that came out that happened in Mexico. It was, like, a shooting or something. And, um, you know, being from Mexico, I read the Mexican newspaper. Living in Canada, I got to read the Canadian newspaper, and then I read the U.S. newspaper. And there were all three different stories. And that just kind of, like, threw me off because I'm like, how could, like, one event have, like, three different storylines per right. se and there were th- i mean at the end of the day, they all had kind of had like the same information but it was just set up differently and that's kind of like when i was like okay like if they can't even get this right who says that they haven't gone like things in the past right or
0: just like what is the truth There's exactly stories
3: exactly and i mean that that's i think something that intrigues me a lot um and to go to your point the one that intrigues me right now a lot is the jfk assassination i don't know if you've heard about that one but they were supposed to release the fbi or CIA documents or unseal them uncensor them wasn't
0: trump gonna do that when he was in office he
3: was yeah and then um he like put the date like when biden was gonna be president and biden just like delayed it another 50 years 50 years yeah like 50 years so shit. um i mean it Again, like, not, not being a conspiracy theorist, just being, like, lo- logical about it. Like, why would they delay 50 years?
1: The one that, that I kind of get in get, can get into is the UFO one.
3: The UFO Remember ones? how they were
1: supposed to release all, like, the UFO, Yeah. Uh, like, information? on like, there was, like, you know, 75, like, UFO sightings or whatever that the, they had documented. Mm-hmm. And they were going to release, like, I think 65 of them. Yeah. This was, like, a month ago or something like well, that.
0: Well, you remember, too, like, when tr- Trump left office, like, the... Israeli, like, ambassador or president or something mm-hmm. like that said uh, there's, like, a galactic federation, and Trump was going to tell the world, but yeah. his advisors, you know, told them not to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: no I remember that story, but... Galactic federation.
0: Some, he called Rick
3: it and something Morty, like dude. What are you talking <laughs> about? Literally. It's so funny.
1: But, like, the, they, like, had this big thing. It was, it was on, like, I don't know, some news channel that, like, they were going to cover it, and they were going to release it all. Like, the actual government, and they ended up... They released one of them, and it was, like, ended up being, like, a drone... Or something like that. They didn't even do the all-65 like they were, like, saying. So there's still, like, a bunch of conspiracies on, like, these, like, flying UFOs that, like, just disappear out of nowhere and then reappear again.
3: Yeah, no. The UFO one, I'm really not familiar with that one. And that's, like, too far-fetched for me. But going back to, like, the JFK one and, like, maybe tying a a little bit with the UFOs, like, why did they delay it? Yeah, Yeah. Like... It happened, when 1963, I believe, he got assassinated. Like, what's that? 50 years ago? Why? Yeah, like why, 70. why like, 70. 70 years ago. 70. Yeah. Why can we not know what happened? Are they still Maybe protecting still someone?
1: You still think Tupac's alive?
3: Um, <laughs> I don't know enough about Tupac. <laughs> 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 I don't, Did he uh, land I don't on know. the moon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. <laughs>
2: that to be like an island where like him and Michael Jackson live on or something like that. <laughs> Steve Jobs though.
0: Yeah. People now think Elvis is still alive. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. He's on the one strip. Before. I just saw him. <laughs> saw him yeah, in New York. No you saw him He was in I saw a couple of them. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, but i mean, um I don't know, just like the 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 whole Kennedy family too. Like all his brothers, like mysteriously dying,
0: and it'd be like a plane crash or something. Yeah, it was all super random. Exactly,
3: just like there's a lot of coincidences. Not saying that didn't happen, but just like to what point is it still a coincidence? You know, you remember and that? Uh, you
1: remember that plane that disappeared a few years ago? It was like 2014. The it was, like, Malaysia that Malaysia one flight. Yeah, I do. That'd be one that that is pretty interesting.
3: I mean, that one I could like. I'd agree, but, like, that's a plane, and they were going over like, like, sea. Like, the sea is so big. Where the fuck does it go? Well, I mean, triangle. the sea is so big, though.
1: But there's so much technology in planes that, like, <sighs> they could, like, it's not that hard to, like, just track down where it just disappears, and no one knows where it's at.
3: Well, no, I, I think they do know the exact spot where it disappeared, but I'm pretty sure it was, like, in the middle of the ocean, and then... But they didn't find it there. No, they didn't. any, any
1: remnants close.
3: They, they found a couple... I think they found, like, a piece of a wing, didn't they? Like, I don't know. a couple months after the disappearance of the plane or anything like that, but
1: that one intrigues me though. Yeah, that 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 is kinda interesting. That's an interesting
2: radar and all that satellite and like how do we lose well and they
1: have like those all planes have a black box is what they call Mm -hmm. it and it records all the talk, all the controls, like every movement a pilot makes in a plane and says and it's waterproof, it's bomb proof, it's fireproof. And I don't know if they're supposed to float or not, but like that's how they mostly figure out how like plane crash like that's how they figure out Kobe's pilot or Kobe's helicopter went down was through the black box, but um, they couldn't find it, like, at all. They have no idea where it's at. Like, it's still unsolved to this day, I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, too.
2: Damn.
3: I don't know. Just, like, it starts with that and more, like, it comes from a country, from Malaysia. Like, the information is just so minimal that you get, yeah. you know? And, like, if you really want to get the information, I feel like you have to know someone from the country because other countries will talk about it for a little bit, but as soon as it doesn't... You know. It's just like a
1: rumor.
2: Exactly. Once
1: I tell you, you might you know, fluff it to Ross. Ross might tell a whole different story. <laughs> it's like a big game of telephone around the world. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Was it from Malaysia or was it the Malaysian Airlines? It was Malaysia Airlines. Yeah. Okay. I don't know
1: where exactly. I think it was coming from China or Korea maybe. Yeah,
2: it was somewhere
3: in Asia.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think my mom worked with someone who was on that flight. Did no was there a couple of them. Really? Yeah.
3: Well, there's been, like, two or three planes that have disappeared, like, in the last 10 years. Like, famous disappearances, yes.
1: It's like that one show on Netflix, Manifest, I think is what it's called. Have you guys watched that? Uh, it's, it's like a flight. It didn't disappear, but it, like, went through, like, kind of like a Bermuda Triangle-type thing. It got, like, struck by lightning, and they went. They, like, it was missing for 50 years, but no one on the plane knew because they landed like it was just a normal flight from Jamaica, and everyone was, like, they were got, they were dead for 50 years, essentially, to everyone else because the plane never landed. But when they land, like... I don't know if that makes sense at all. When they <laughs> right. land, they, like, basically reappeared after 50 years. Like, out of nowhere. Like everyone's life went on when they got struck by lightning. But they, like, got held back 50 years. They didn't age at all.
2: This is, like, a made-up story?
1: Yeah. So it's, nice yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Sounds <laughs> no, yeah, like up. Captain America and that
0: yeah. like ice block or whatever. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's made
1: dude. up. The first, like... <laughs> The The show kind of repeats itself, like, after, like, the fifth episode. It's, like, the same storyline because everyone gets, like, this, like, weird, like, sense when something happens. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's like, the first five episodes is a pretty good show to
2: watch. That's pretty sick. Manifest. I think, like, the National Geographic has, like, a sweet uh, new series. It's, like, uncovering the ocean where they, like, uncover a bunch of different things like uh, planes and just shipwrecks of, like, different things, like, over the years, like, from uh, battles and stuff. It's super cool because they just have radar. that can scan it and basically, like, they, like... Once they scan it and see something irregular, like they, they go down and check it, and then they like, they've been finding a bunch of cool stuff. Have, have they ever
3: like thought they found something big, and then they go there and like, uh, like it's just a big rock? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <don't, they> probably <laughs> wouldn't air so that.
2: I mean, th- I'm sure that's happened to them. Like, <laughs> so funny. It's probably like half the budget spent on finding big rocks, <laughs> oh, and then they find and a, a couple ship. cool things. Oh man,
0: it's just a freaking rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's pretty crazy. I um, my boss over the summer, um, he was like telling us a story about, um. It was, like, in the, like, Vikings, like, 1,500 times Mm -hmm. when they were, like, it was off the coast of Florida. They were, like, they had a bunch of treasure and the ship sunk. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so that was, you know, 1,500 or something like that, you know. And then, um, in, like, the 70s or 80s, maybe some, I don't know, late 1900, something like that, um, there was a guy who was, like, a big scuba diver and he heard about that story and he was obsessed with it. And then, so he made it, like, his mission to... Buying the treasure because it had Mm. never been found and so he spent like 40 years or something going out every single day looking for this and like his son died trying to help and like he got broke twice and people kept giving him like the same banker kept giving him a loan when he wasn't supposed to for it and then finally after like 40 30 or 40 years of searching he finally found no way yeah and he found all the treasure and everything damn yeah, that's insane. Was. Really crazy story. Yeah, that's awesome. Is yeah. there,
2: like a movie about it, or is there a whole show? I'm sure there is. No, they better make one out of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I never heard of that story. i, I like, like that's, treasure hunting shows. That's are sweet. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Maybe Matias Warren knows him.
3: Uh, maybe I, I have a question <laughs> for you though. Would Would you take that? Oh yeah. Like,
1: yeah, I found it. But I spent 40 but, but, years looking
0: for it. But think,
3: your your son died, and like you've gone yeah. through like. Well, I think he depends
0: on how he sold most of like all the gold you know what i mean like sold
2: to like museums and stuff yeah or like, like that. he made
0: he just has a lot of money. okay i think he died now but he he had a lot of money yeah
2: i would it. i would sell it i wouldn't like keep the gold for myself i'd try, I'd yeah, sell it off sell to it. a museum or well, i think he said
0: like his mindset was like you know i spent 30 years or whatever i went broke twice i lost a son over all this like i'm not gonna give up i'm not gonna let it go to waste because what was the point of all that happening if i don't find it
1: I mean, I guess so. Yeah, if
0: you lose a son, you're mm. fucking committed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's commitment and a half right there. I can't there. imagine
0: doing that. But. Yeah. But uh, um, no, the, I don't know if it's really a conspiracy. I mean, Illuminati is. But, like, once you've, like, talked to me a lot about is the Illuminati, mm-hmm. 666, like, all yeah. that stuff. And then <laughs> also just kind of, like, the Chinese government with, like, elections and showed me, you know, you would show me videos on YouTube of, like, people who work for the Chinese government giving, like, TED Talk Type stuff yeah. it's talking about how like oh like you know everything was going to plan and then Trump won mm-hmm. but because he's not part of it you know quote unquote mm-hmm. it kind of throws for a know, spin th- yeah yeah um, this sounds like a late night
1: sunny talk I think it's, it's a it was it might be
0: I think it was a courtyard <laughs> but uh, you know that one was pretty interesting yeah uh,
1: or the the one I remember specifically is the the, the, the
0: I think it's the Denver airport.
3: The Denver airport one. That one's weird. Yeah. That one's weird.
0: Because they have such an... Ex- I watched a video on that. I think, like, when I got back from Miami and I was at the airport and I mm-hmm. wanted to look more into it. And all the videos, there was, like, easy explanation for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, they said, like, all the tunnels underneath the airport was supposed to be for luggage. Yeah. And they decided to just do it above ground. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the like the big horse, didn't it, killed the guy who made yeah, it and fell did. on him or something yeah. or a piece fell? Like, I don't know. And, like, all the stuff on the walls, like... There's just t- too much stuff. Exactly. I, I, I don't know.
3: And, and again, like, I don't like calling it conspiracy theories. I just call it, I just like calling it like, who's benefiting from it? Right. Because at the end of the day, like, all you have to do is like, you see an event happen and there's two sides someone's benefiting from it and someone's not. And if the event itself, you find things that don't add up and you don't think that it was an accident or. Um. Not, not only an accident but like it didn't go to a coring plan or whatever you want to say like I think there's a lot of it that a lot of us don't know and I say that because in Canada I got a chance you know being Mexican you know I met a lot of illegal immigrants and whatnot and I learned kind of like the dark side you want to say of like construction because like Literally, like, I knew people that were supposed to be or getting paid, like, 30 bucks an hour, but just because they were illegals, they were getting paid 15. And this guy who was, like, helping them hire them was getting, like, 15, right? And that's something that people don't know about just because you've never been in that, not scenario, but you just never been in that um, place, I want to say. Never had an opportunity for it. It, Mm -hmm. It could be the same thing, like, for the deep web. Like a lot of people don't know that the deep web's actually like ninety percent of the internet. Like all the stuff that you can find there is just insane. And like you're like, How is this not regulated? And you're like, Well, this is like kinda like the dark place of it. You know, like it's
2: it's it not regulated isn't like a on huge purpose. Like all the there's no regulation for internet and like the government yeah. has no idea how to regulate it too. Mm-hmm.
3: And I mean at the end of the day, like that's what it is with everything. Like, um, in my opinion, like in life, like there's an action or something that you can be, that you're saying, but at the end of the day, like there's an underlying tone that only, you know, so for example, like this happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was at the bars and I was talking to this girl, super unrelated, but just so I can make the connection. Um, and this other guy who is my friend, had a girlfriend was also talking to this girl. So I approached him, me wanting to talk to the girl and I'm like, Hey, where's your girlfriend? So the question that I asked was, where's her girlfriend? But in reality, I'm like, you should not be talking to her. Like, I want to talk to her. You get the fuck out of here and <laughs> go back to your girlfriend, right? Like, I don't yeah. know if that kind of, like, makes sense. Yeah, um, sure. I, I, I didn't, like, word by word told them. There's an alternative motive. I, I, exactly. Yeah. There's an alternative motive. And I think that's, like, some something that people, like, don't realize, that there's always an alternative motive for a lot of things going on yeah. in the world.
0: I guess, yeah, just kind of wrap up the conspiracy talk. I just, like... You, like la- like my final question is like, do you believe in like Illuminati with like celebrities and like mm-hmm. the lizard people and like lizard the, people and, like what? the child pornography ring yeah. like you know all that stuff that like mm-hmm. seems to all be connected that like yeah. people think like Tom Hanks, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, all those guys are like part of this like mm-hmm. cult almost mm-hmm. and, like Scientology. I, no, I mean that's Tom Cruise, dude. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know what I'm trying. You know, no, I
1: know
3: talking, what you're trying yeah. to say. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say that it's true, but. Throughout history, like you just need to look in the last 2,000 years. There's always been people that that, as soon as you have enough money or enough power, you want to have more and more. We've always had that. The Roman Empire, um, the Persian Empire, um, the English, you know, when they came to the United States, Germany, Nazi Germany. The fraternity so, president. I could say that. <laughs> I'm taking IFC over the president. world. <laughs> but... Um, no, I'm just, like, I think it's, like, I don't think it's smart for us to think that it's not going to happen again when it has through our entire history. You know, I'm not saying lizard people are real. I'm not saying Jimmy Kimmel is going to eat my brains for anything like that. But what I am saying is, like, I definitely think there's a group of people out there that have a lot of money and power that are pulling the sticks behind the scenes.
1: Like Squid Game
3: not like squid game but <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, like, if you want to say it like that yeah it's yes.
1: funny we're talking about this conspiracy and of course we you say like 666 and stuff like that Dange, and someone in the chat comments like this like random like code it's like every other letter is capital and then it's like it's like vast tech is what it says but it's like it's not english is it it's
0: telling me no or is it
1: marion bird Mariano? Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N, bird. No I guess it, we're always being watched. Marianne. I guess it's true. We mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just summoned them. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh. So that uh, means you should wrap up well, I
0: mean, Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk they're, about the Jim Carrey interview when then, like, you know, like a year later or whatever, like his oh, girlfriend yeah. was killed. So mm-hmm. I don't want to touch on that just in case. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying. Like, it's not really conspiracy theory to you. It's just, like, well, like what the fuck is going on and mm-hmm. like what's the truth? Like yeah. maybe not everything is like a conspiracy, but there's like alternative motives and there's a bigger picture that like us like normal civilians don't like know don't know.
3: Yeah, know? and I I think I think that's like my biggest thing. Like I just I just wanna know because to understand someone, you need to understand why they're doing the things they do, I guess. Right? Like their motives behind it because your actions kinda like Take you where you want to go in the future, so oh. I mean I'd say that's pretty much it. Wrap it up.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of wrapping up, just kind of wrap up the the pod here. Um, <laughs> I said
2: wrap up like six times. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Um, <laughs> it's one of my big transition words. But, okay. <laughs> um, what like you know you're like a true hustler, a journeyman, been a leader the last couple of years, and you know what what are what are your future aspirations after college? Wrapping up. It's a big one.
3: It is a big one. I mean, honestly, like.
0: Or maybe immediate, like, future.
3: Immediate future? Yeah, Next five five to ten years. Five to ten years. Talked yeah, about, like, starting a goal. business and stuff have, like that. I have, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Like, I'd say this last, like, 18 months um, since COVID started, I just kind of, like, it opened my eyes. I'm pretty sure it opened a lot of people's eyes when it comes to, like, job and where do you want to work and where do you want to live and, you know, the people that you associate yourself with and all that and i just kind of like figured out that i'm i'm a misfit i don't i don't think i kind of belong in the system per se like people like oh like i want to get a 9 to 5 and you know i want to start a family when i'm 25 and you know all that good stuff buy a house buy a car you know get a loan blah 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 that just doesn't seem not right to me but appealing I, yeah. appealing i'd say appealing it just like in my opinion, like if the majority of the people are doing it, you're doing something wrong because the majority of the people are average, not not being a, not being mean or anything, but it's a quote and a half right
1: there. I was about
0: to say maybe that should be the uh, title of the podcast: "Outside the Box." <laughs> Outside
3: the Don't box. Don't be a sheep. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, at the end of the day, like if you think about it, like all the great leaders and all the people that made a impactful, positive difference in the world were misfits. I mean, that's how I think about it, at least, like. Mm-hmm. Look at Elon Musk, one of the – isn't he the richest guy in the world his right now? He's time's yeah. person
1: of 2021 today. he just got a there person we go. of the year. There a boy.
3: I mean, like, look at him. Like, he's one of the – you don't even have to meet him to know that he's a weird guy. Like, in camera, like, he's fidgety and his mind's just all, all over the place and his whatnot. Kid doesn't
1: and even, his name – kid's name doesn't even have letters
3: xyz yeah. yeah. two three yeah. four i don't even know <laughs> what like it is Someone's
2: saying it to him he doesn't even like know his kid's name he's like how's your how's xyz and he's like what <laughs>
3: <laughs> so i mean yeah i think i think at the end of the day like you have to be a misfit to kind of like um not do something with your life but like if you want to like have an impact or something like you need to differentiate yourself somehow and i think those are the people that kind of put money on themselves and just they're like, I like I'm doing this and no one can stop me kind of type of
0: thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't like change the world or, um, like you said, kind of make an impact by being and doing the same thing. Everybody Mm -hmm. else does.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Got to stand apart from the crowd somehow.
3: So, I mean, um, just kind of going with that, like, yeah, like I just, I want to start my own thing. Like I really cannot see myself working underneath anybody. Why? Why? Not that I don't have respect for other people, but at least here in the United States, a lot of people, like, have things that were given to them and they didn't earn it. And that's a big thing for me. Like, everything I have, uh, I felt like I've earned. I felt like not a lot has been given to me. And that's kind of, like, the best part of it. Because once you look back on it, like... I'd rather be crying or I'd rather be laughing in my Toyota than crying in my Ferrari. Yeah. I don't know if it kind of makes sense, but like I kind of rather have a story with ups and downs and the ups are really good and the downs are really bad. And at the end of the day, just kind of like look back in it and be like, you know, like my life, it was a good story, you know, and every good story needs some conflict,
0: some problems. Yeah. So it's a plot, and he's an antagonist. Exactly. The so absolute mean, distress.
3: Exactly. So, I mean, um, I think at the end of the day, just kind of, like, start my own thing, not be held down by anybody or anyone, and just kind of have financial freedom. I think that's my biggest goal right now, you know, um, trying to establish that and not worry about money just kind of worry about me being happy me doing things that i want to do and if along the way i can help people and make their lives happy i'm all for it because honestly like i think that's why i like the most just helping people and just kind of bringing happiness somewhere or another in their life i would say
0: right on that's magical oh you're welcome cool (laughs) that on a t-shirt um <laughs> but uh all that right all for today yeah. wrapping
2: up for 2021
0: i think that's it You never um, know, podcast mr uh mr houston el presidente um, yeah,
2: thank you for sharing your wisdom yeah, with us thanks
0: for coming on no and wisdom <laughs> until next time you never know